was a big one. You <laughs> said it was a big one, and you were I not. Should, I should have made a bigger deal about that at the end of uh, the previous episode. I didn't realize, yeah. I, you know, I remember that it op- the way it opens with Shinji sort of holding nerve hostage. Yeah, but I didn't remember this was where I Zeruel was going to show up. Not remember right away, and then it unfolded itself to me, and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. This is episode 19 of uh, Sync Ratios and episode 19 of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is called A Man's Battle. A Man's... Yeah. A.K.A. Introjection. Uh-huh. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Luke Piotrowski. I'm the other one, Ben Collins, and we are just floored by this. Midway through, we each got another coffee so that we're <laughs> appropriately full energy to talk about this episode because, boy, oh, boy. I mean, this is... Uh, I mean... We're well, run, this we're is running downhill. I mean, we are we're, we're, this, we're the speed is being picked up. This this is basically like five minutes after the other episode ends that this one starts right. effectively. And it was first broadcast on February seventh, nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. Damn. Script so is Akio Satsukawa, Hideaki Anno, and storyboards and director is uh, Masayuki, who is done oh. a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, worked on Fooly Cooly. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, worked on Gurren Lagann. Um, that had, and I believe some of the rebuilt movies. That would make a lot of sense. This yes. is a very, very well directed and animated episode. It's the most like mecha action episode. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's in in, but it's you know, as we'll get into it, it, it like the the physicality of this. This is a. The big shift here, narratively as well as like you know just just the way the movement and we talked about it a lot last time, but this is a real extension of the sort of stuff we were talking about in a very disturbing, and interesting way. Um, yeah, this is oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> I know. So I like. I'm kind of like. I like. I feel like we're like. You know, we're at the roller coaster. We're at like cranking up to the top of the big drop, and I'm like, I don't even you know know what to say. I mean, I think. I mean, the drop has started. I think. I mean, yeah. It doesn't. You know, in some ways, it doesn't. The action on the show doesn't ever get. Uh, you know, as in, intense as some of this, I think. Um, the emo- the, but then the emotional stuff, you know, definitely. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, tons of great and surreal shit to come. But yeah, um, yeah this is which, which is good because we haven't had. I mean, I was t- telling you, I was watching with my kids, <laughs> and we got to sort of the stretch that we did um, with Lacey. Says, so you know, it's children watching this; they want to see the robots. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I kind of regret like maybe I should have started them with the rebuild movies because those are you know a little bit safer in some ways and yeah. you know they're flashier new animation but then it's like yeah but then then they won't care about the old stuff like ever so you gotta start with the old stuff but we hit your, the stretch of episodes curator dad is uh is taken over in your mindset and the kids I'm curious if they're gonna even want to watch because because you you watch it when they ask for it right or do you for the most of- part yeah um so when they're interested but we we watched the, last night we watched um. The Ritsuko episode, the mm-hmm. Lilliputian Hitcher, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you're you're looking for robot action and you get yeah. a couple of scientists, you know, typing on some keyboards mm-hmm. real fast, it's like not the most exciting episode. No. And then it's like, well, but the next one, well, the next one's the recap episode. So yeah. It's like a bunch of recap stuff. And then, and and then, then an Ray's, abstract Ray's poem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, but the next one is Misato and Kaji getting drunk at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any robots until you no. see like Adam at the end. You get a little uh, action. But for the most part, yeah, it's pretty pretty stately and adult stuff. So, and then, you know, there's... 
after that, I think there's the there's the shadow stuff with the Diraxi and there's the, mm-hmm. the AV Unit three. So that's exciting stuff. But it's been it's been kind of a minute since we've had this much robot action. Yeah, so. this is. I mean, this is a it's a it's a fuckload. I guess wait, just real quick, since we're to some degree we're like we haven't dived in completely yet. I before we hit play on this, uh, I was just sort of randomly searching Twitter for Evangelion just to see, like, uh-huh. what people's reactions were. And, and we came, came across one guy in particular that um, had the very obvious, you know, outsider reaction of, like, that was weird, and, like, man, the ending really sucked. And just, it, just in case, just in case, because we, we have, as we covered last time, we have listeners from all over the world, and, and, and I don't know what everyone's experience is, and the whole reason we're doing this is to be a sort of guidebook to some degree. It, if you don't... If it hasn't been made abundantly clear already to you, if you finish the show and then you watch the movie that is called End of Evangelion that is also on Netflix, mm-hmm. that is part of the show. I mean, yes, it's a movie, so it's a separate thing, but it's not like... Then it came out years later. But it's but... not like like Twin Peaks had, did the Fire Walk With Me movie, which I think if you are watching Twin Peaks, you absolutely do have to watch that. But prior to the existence of Twin Peaks, the, the return you could actually watch the show and just end it there and you didn't have to watch fire walk with me fire walk with me and continuity takes place prior to the show so it doesn't mm-hmm. affect the it doesn't affect the narrative of the show it is effectively a bonus now the third season of twin peaks the twin peaks the return incorporates it all so you do have to watch all of it but for the people that are watching evangelion don't assume that the movie or maybe you know maybe you you start death and rebirth or whatever and then you're like oh it's just a re-. so like just know that it's 26 episodes Right, it's twenty. Yeah, it's twenty. Yeah, twenty six yeah, episodes. episodes, and a movie called End of Evangelion that is part of the ending of the thing. And that's it, the essential yeah. stuff. You, you can you, watch Death. I think the one on Netflix is like Death True Two, or something. But that mm-hmm. is just a recap, and mostly that's going to be footage that you'll see incorporated into the last few episodes on Netflix anyway, because those are the director's cuts. Mm-hmm. So you're fine with just the show and End of Evangelion. And we can get into this when we when we do the know, end but, of Evangelion but since episode. We're, since we're getting there now, if just in case people are, ca- I, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too yeah. much about how the endings relate. No, to no, no, one no, another. no, no, no. But I'm the just, ending I'm of the show that, that is the end of the. You yeah. have to watch that in order to, when when we talk about our experience and our love for this thing. Oh, for sure, it is including end of Evangelion in 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 a massive way. Some people, I mean, I can imagine that, that there's it's probably not incredibly uncommon that somebody just sees the episodes of the show and maybe because again, I don't know if it like when you finish the thing is does the next thing that pops up on. I don't think. So. So Probably I had to kind not. of search around for it. It was kind of a, a, a pain. Yeah, because I couldn't even find it at first. And yeah, so it's first like I, I just, was like, oh, did they put not put yeah. the movies up yet? But um, So I just wanted to make that very clear just in case. Yeah, make sure you watch the movie. But the ending of the show was the ending of the show for a long time. Yes. We, we were lucky enough that we didn't watch the show until the movie uh, mm-hmm. existed. And I don't want to talk too much about how those two endings relate to one another just yet uh, yeah. and, until we get there. But... Good call. Yeah. So this episode, this episode, uh, the angel, I'll talk about the angel for a second is Zeruel or Zeruel. Um, Mm -hmm. couldn't find a lot on him. I did find him in this book on angels. Um, I guess he's sort of the same as this angel Zeruk. Um, I don't know how helpful any of this is. Uh, It means arm of God. Yeah, apparently that's, that's and there's there's some arm stuff and mm-hmm. his uh, evangelion some ar- actually some rips, arm play. rips his arm off and and uh-huh. rebuilds uh-huh. its its own arm with him so that makes sense uh says an angel quote set over strength zaruk or zeruel bore up the arms of a warrior named serez or carez 
Uh, it says both, once, once with a C, once with a K. Uh, in the battle with the Amorites, an incident related in the biblical antiquities of Philo. Nah, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem helpful There's at all. A lot of the words there, but I don't. but the arm of God—that's mm-hmm. helpful. That's yeah, that's cool. I he mean, looks like a giant tooth. Yeah, it's a weird design. It's a particularly do, brutal angel. Let me gonna... talk about the design because I was remiss. I I mentioned like in the very early days mm-hmm. about wanting to call out some of the designers of these things, and. Uh, this one, Zeruel, is de- is uh, designed by Yoshito Asari, who also designed Satchiel and Shamshell. Uh, so a lot of the big ones mm-hmm. were him. He also wrote uh, an omake manga called Angel Kiss, which oh. has the angels in it, I think. I think I've heard of that. Uh, I tried to find pictures of it, and I can't exactly, but... So big props to him. And then in looking up, I, I also saw Ano designed a lot of the angels. That does not surprise me at all. So Sahakwil, the big orange one mm. um, that falls out of the sky yeah, that they have to catch. Yeah, one of the good ones. Uh, Ramiel, mm-hmm. <laughs> his symbol design. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandalfon, the uh, one of the magma. Oh, okay, sure. Sandalfon That's and Angel. Cool. Uh, I was watching Good Omens, the Neil Gaiman show. Oh, I Good started Omens. the first episode the and, other day, but I think I, I was tired. And it, yeah, it's you know, it's all right. The um, style's kind of wacky, but it. I like the style. I wish it was a little bit faster paced. I wish the comedy was yeah, f- uh, flying a little bit more fast and furious. You know, um, Douglas Adams style because mm-hmm. it is sort of trying to be that. But, um, but I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was fun because Sandalfon uh, shows up. Oh. Uh, there's a, the angel Sandalfon is one of the angels on the show. Oh, that's cool. So that not it's not the same design. Animation. Not the same. No. Um, but it is interesting. I hadn't really thought about this until I was looking some stuff up. But I did realize that at the time. But the eyeball on Sahakwil and um, it's like a Kabbalah thing. It's no, it's it's I it's in Nadia, Secret of Blue Water. Oh, like the okay. the Kabbal. Which I just guess, still haven't watched. Yeah, like the, the the secret evil organization in there has this eyeball logo. And hmm. It looks very similar to that, and the one that's on the Matariel, the spider one, um, in the day Tokyo three said still. So Ano getting some designs in there, and then the other guy that we need to call out is Mahiro Maeda, who designed Israfel and Gogiel. Israfel being the dancing angel, and oh, okay, Gogiel yeah. being the underwater one. He is the designer for Shin Godzilla. So oh, cool! Love him forever because the designs in Shin Godzilla are amazing. He's also the guy who did like. Uh, production design art for Mad Max Fury Road. Really? Uh, yeah, and some other That's American pretty fucking things. cool. So he's, yeah, a big, big dude. Um, so I wanted to give some love to yeah. to the designers. Uh, he also helped animate stuff on Nausicaa, Castle in the Sky, Porco Rosso. Oh, he did some of the anime and Kill Bill as well. Oh, that's and cool. And Animatrix stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, see the, the big move, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you can see some of the similarities in this particular design with the other Yoshito Asari mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's got a little bit of a Satchiel kind of look to him. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. And uh, let's get to this. We'll get to the, the. I mean, he shows up fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Well, we first have to deal with the fallout of the previous episode with yeah. Shinji gonna trash. He's like, I got like three minutes left. That's enough to trash headquarters. Yeah, he's, he's in he's in rebellious. This is angsty teen mode for Shinji, which you know he's more as Masato says later. He's more aggressive than he usually is. Yes. you know this is this is probably the well. Most to be fair, his father just did make him murder you know, crush somebody you know, or pra- practically murder yeah. his uh, his friend with his own hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I always I, I still I'm still hung up on that. I, I 
flagged it in the last one too, but it, but but the, the notion that at this point, which it, it didn't happen immediately. I mean, Shinji Shinji's relationship to the Ava is an interesting would be an interesting thing to go through and track, like sp- like to watch it again and really look for that because he's he identifies with it as an extension of himself at this point. Like he says, with my own hands and stuff like that, and it's like that's you know. It, like it's not mm-hmm. him it's the it's the Ava well, but yeah. but then but then in this this episode in particular we see the relationship with like towards the end like when he's wanting it to do something and it won't do what it is so this whole this sort of notion of its its independence its autonomy separate from him but also his identification with it and and it becoming an extension of himself in terms of how he has power in the world you know and in this we see him at, at the end really like I mean he's like crazy I mean he's like he goes berserk, basically. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's definitely, uh, for being somebody who, who feels helpless and isolated and anxious, like, all the time, you know, this has become how he can Well, there's know, this, the soldier thing, you know, yeah. once you're trained to do this, you know, once you've been in the shit, like, can you ever really come back? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like we have seen Shinji be put in the shit repeatedly. Yeah. So what, you know, he's trying to, this is very different. This is really a... a mirroring of what is it episode four when he runs away the first time and we see a lot of that same stuff play out but in a very different way yeah so he's so much more confident and and you know yeah i'm leaving Mm -hmm. and please don't save my stuff and his goodbye to misato at the uh train station it's very different mm-hmm. tone than there was yeah, the first time. Yeah, but it's a nice, it's a nice mirroring thing. But so wait, before then, because it's easy to skip over this, because I, I there's like I have questions for you that you probably might have. I don't know if you have answers for. But so 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 he's defiant. He's in the Ava. He's being defiant. He says he's going to wreck the whole thing. And Gindo very calmly and increases coldly, the pressure on the LCL, yeah, which I guess just like makes him pass out. It's yeah. like pressure in like being I mean, underwater. Or, exactly. Yeah. And so so we come to with Shinji in the hospital next to Toji. Well, we first they're cleaning up when there's the scene of oh, Ritsuko and Misato standing in the midst of what has to smell just awful. Yeah, just we, like, the blood of a giant decaying and the brain is Eva carcass. Like it's just like they're standing there and it's just I mean, yeah, you can't. It's funny that they don't comment on it, like because it would just take one like the character sniffing or something to really drive that home. Yeah, but just like the smell of blood, just a giant body. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and Ritsuko seems to be treating it like business as usual. Masato is not happy, uh, as she hasn't been for a couple episodes now, and um, you know that stuff. And then, but then we come to the hospital, and uh, Shinji sees Toji there, and they're, but they're both sort of you know on like uh, right. on oxygen, kind of yeah. going in and out, and we get this moment it's on the train yeah so this is a dream yeah, it's strange that toji is on the train because i always read the it's train. toji's perspective though yes because it's we see toji and he and we see the drift he's in like we see him in the hospital bed and it drifts off and then it opens on the dream train that we've, yeah. we've seen and I, I always interpreted the dream train as, as shinji's dream train like yes. that was the literalization of shinji's mental space so yes. it's strange to see toji occupying his yeah, and that's scale. what I was wanting to ask because it's his perspective, and he looks around and he looks over into the next car and sees Ray and Shinji talking, and he yes. comments on it, and then we see this wide shot of them where their mouths are not moving, which is probably just an animation thing, but they're talking, and then it cuts into close-ups, and their mouths are moving, and they're having a conversation about uh, Gendo. Yes, 
in 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 again, this is ostensibly Toji watching this. Toji doesn't know anything about the internal, like the interior lives of these people beyond just what he knows as friends. So he certainly doesn't know anything about mm-hmm. their mutual and different relationship with Gendo. So I have no idea what this is meant to imply. Um, I you know, unless there's some sort of a shared consciousness space that you enter into by being in the Ava or something. I don't know. I, I mean, no yeah, idea. I mean, the shared consciousness thing is like maybe kind of interesting and a fun. I just read. made that up. I, I always anything to I that. kind of. If it weren't for Ray's personality, I would interpret it as this is a conversation that Shinji and Ray were having in the hospital while Toji was drifting in and out of consciousness. So he's mm. what he's hearing them say is true. You know, if it was Asuka, for example, be like, well, Asuka would call Shinji like, well, why did you do that? And they would have that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And he'd be hearing it and visualizing it as on this train, but it's that half hallucinatory, you know, mm-hmm. when people are in comas, they say that they could yeah. hear things yeah, that were yeah, being yeah. said to them. But it is strange that Ray would be so engaged in a conversation about Shinji's emotions like that. Like it doesn't sound like something she'd say in the real world. So that doesn't that quite fly. Still could be that, but yeah, I don't. I, it's funny. I've never noticed that before. I've never I, noticed. I did notice it last time I watched it. I think it's something I, I thought about. So I don't know. I we'll don't, see I if we'll, we'll keep an eye out to see if there's anything later that that brings us back to that. Like they're that clear. Yeah, because they're up. not talking to Toji. They're not no, talking about not part Toji. Of the, yeah. It's him sort of talking about uh, what's wrong with running away from unpleasantness. And there's just you know Shinji being grilled. It's almost like yeah, he is a passenger. He's a witness to what we've seen Shinji often go through mm-hmm. um, with the interrogation with the angel and the, yeah. the Iraq Sea. So and that's I yeah I'm I'm. I my my half thought out theory there that Ava pilots somehow share a a dream space consciousness link. I just made that up, <laughs> but you know we'll see if that bears out in any of the future stuff. But then after that, and it's not terribly important to the rest of the episode, but it's worth commenting because I talked about it so much in the previous episode that um, we do get thank God at least some <laughs> kind of a touch of a of an emotional payoff or connection to the Hikari and Toji's sort of relationship yeah. as it were i mean <laughs> can't bring food in though can't. yeah she wants to bring him the lunch <laughs> but they won't the let lunch. it but, but at never least get that lunch they finally get to engage and, and i get the sense that he sort of knows yeah like, he's they, calling her class rep he doesn't use her name and it's, it's obviously that's a bit of a i mean he's not negging her but like that's a bit of a he's being playful by insisting that and she gets defensive yeah, she says oh i'm here in my capacity as class rep <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just a class representative. this is part of my duties there's nothing else he's like yeah i know i and i sort of get the sense that he, he he's knows saying why she's really yeah, there yeah um, and it's cute i mean he, he's looking away from her the whole time but it's it's still it's just nice with all of the denial of those moments that we got in the previous episodes <laughs> but it nice does but back. it does end with like i need you to do something for me tell my sister everything's fine and it's it's hard to see in that shot i didn't notice it myself for a long time but he's missing a leg Oh, he is. Yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, that he's. You can see one of his legs has been amputated. <sighs> so, <laughs> it's like, yeah, tell my sister there's nothing wrong with me. Don't tell her that my leg is gone. But that could have been a lot worse, Toji. It I mean, could have been a lot you know. worse. I don't want to spoil things. There are other versions of the story where he does not survive. I would mm-hmm. s- suspect that you know, if if this episode had come a little bit later, that Ano probably would have just killed him. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd sort of feel like he he does escape uh the darkness a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah i mean in a in, a, in yeah. a joss whedon or george R. R. martin universe toji's gone you know right. like this is I'll, I'll i'll give him that for, for for all the stuff that i've hinted at that i think 
this show eventually takes the audience further than Game of Thrones or Buffy or things like that in terms of its sort of cruelty, not unfounded cruelty, but like that's a that's a, a blessing that they gave us that Toji is, mm-hmm. is, is is he's more or less okay. I mean, missing a leg fucking sucks, but it's you know there it could be worse. Yeah. So from there we go into this bit where. Uh, Shinji sort of is standing up to his father and telling him that he, you know, that he wants to, he's not going to pilot anymore. They and really cuff the shit out of Shinji. Yeah, too. The, yeah triple cuffs <laughs> triple there. Triple cuffs. Um, you know, which he's basically saying, like, you know, you could be put in jail for this. Yeah, it's criminal offenses. I mean, he took the yeah. massive weapon and yeah. threatened everybody with it. So it, it is. But that's the thing. It's like, well, if you give a giant fucking robot to a 14 year old mm-hmm. they're gonna behave like a 14 year old with it so the idea of like oh you behave so childishly is like yeah what the fuck do you expect yeah but it is the goodbye the gendo goodbye is the most gendo goodbye <laughs> i'm disappointed what wait go back does he say i'm disappointed i doubt we'll ever see each other again is that <laughs> yeah i think it's yeah he says well, she just says that's my intention yeah, uh, so brutal. He says, "Then yeah, then leave. I'll go back to my teacher's place." And he says, uh, <laughs> "So you're running away again? Yeah, it's a real dig a for you. Yeah, you, you disappoint, disappoint me. me. I doubt we'll ever meet again." Yeah, like, that's that's. <laughs> and Shinji says, "That's my intent," which is you like want you, your you dad know, to say to you. For, but, but, but I doubt I doubt we'll ever meet again. But for Shinji, you know, uh, you know, good on you, man. I mean, like this is this well, this is, is him not caring about what other people think for <laughs> once. This is him. And standing up to his father. Kind of tragic the way the episode ends. But, I mean, I guess it is him making the decision to pilot the Eva because that is his choice as opposed to doing it to yeah. please anybody else. It is he, – he does sever all ties. He says goodbye to Masato. He's ready to go. He could mm-hmm. stop, but he knows – Okay, fine. I, Which I, I think is, is a maturity thing, too, because I think that, like, the reactionary I don't want to do it anymore is, is – that's – that's on one hand it's 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 like immaturity but it's 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 shinji making a decision but then on the same level like if he wasn't okay sorry i'm putting this in words if he wasn't being as self like uh motivated as he is saying i don't want to do it again no i'll do it again could just be like a flippant little kid kind of attitude but he's actually making these decisions himself and standing up to people for them and demanding you know that he be important enough in this conversation like i don't want to do this and he's like yeah well i'm not gonna see you again he's like well fine that's that's what i want as well like right. he's, he's standing the, up to i you. accept the consequences yeah of and it's those but it's also I, really, I was struck while watching this scene that this is also one of the scenes where you know, we get the sense of, you know, he is Gendo's son, you know, like he's, he's finally right, like, right, right. which it's is like, it's that thing that, you know, you, you and I've talked about this before that it's like, you know, like you, you know, it's sometimes hard with your parents when like, if you have a parent that you resent on some levels and then later on, you know, you find yourself behaving in a way that, you know, isn't negative, but is like them. It's, 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 a, it's weird. Sometimes that's a weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm being like that in this, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, he needed a little bit of that Gendo in him because, you know, he gets pushed around by people because he doesn't display his Gendo-ness right. enough. Because right. no one pushes fucking Gendo around. Gendo, will, <laughs> no, Gendo yeah. will bounce when he doesn't give a shit anymore. You know, it's like he, he blames you. Shinji for leaving. Gendo leaves all the fucking time. Yeah. But he leaves in from a place of authority and not from a place of, like, childish weakness. And it's like he's Maybe. he is a, a standing up for himself. You know, it's yeah. like Shinji gets a little bit of that in this. And honestly, I'm kind of proud of him. Um, I do want to call out for just no reason at all whatsoever, but it's just graphically uh, beautiful to me. Uh, this the, the the light and the the room he's in this like red 
thing with, I guess it's like a window behind him. It's a very Kubrickian sort of Gendo's design. Giant office, yeah, yeah, Gendo's office. But in this wide shot that they cut to a couple times, sometimes with Shinji in the foreground, um, Gendo is sitting at his desk in the reflection on the floor his desk sort of has these like kind of slanted sides to it, so it, reflecting it, he looks oh, like, like the a, beams. Yeah, the it desk. looks like a yeah. looks like a star. Gendo looks like a like a like oh, a star I see, of I David. See, I kind see. Of. Yes, like no, I see what you're talking you about. Yeah, like the way right, the floor is reflective. So mm-hmm. you take the the desk, the sort of slanty desk, and Gendo's the silhouette Head, of Gendo's yeah. body, which just sort of forms another triangle. It's a six pointed star. Makes a six pointed star. It's really pleasing. Yeah, it's right if you're looking for it. If you're watching it, it's right after Shinji leaves the. Uh, office yeah there's a couple you see it in a couple shots but this is the most clear composed like, I, full I, you, I heard yeah. you say that i didn't know what you're talking yeah about. I, I just really like that graphically and it's just another example of like yeah it's, it's pulling out so the shot's even more well, it's just because you're reading centered. from hell so you're looking for all the yeah. masonic yeah. symbols <laughs> and sinister architecture and everything that you that yeah, you encounter it's true it's true but it's just it's just you know just all the detail of the show and this episode in particular is compositionally wonderful oh my god and like yeah, so Shinji's leaving then, and like we'd see you know like get a really sad message from Kensuke mm-hmm. on the machine. You know, Toji gets this great, you know, as tragic as it is, this sort of great exit in a way. Oh, and I think Kensuke would have would would swap. And no, <laughs> think, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like Kensuke yeah. is just like, well, he just calls to sort of lament his situation more, and then it gets hung up on because security hears him talking about Evangelion and the yeah. monitored line is like, this call's been terminated. <laughs> yeah. like, he doesn't even get to finish his little rant. Um, and he probably but I really... will say, this is the episode, I think I referenced it way earlier on, where I watched this you know, the first time, the box of VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I've been watching it the second time, I guess it must have been when it was starting to come out on DVD. It got to this episode, and for some reason I remembered Kensuke being in nerve hq when zeroil comes in like, hmm. which we'll talk about because it's awesome when, when we get there when he like comes bursting in oh, yeah. i remembered a scene like i guess i just dreamed it and was like thinking about the show so much because that's the weird thing is he especially with early viewings of the show and it was like just consuming me so much and just obsessed with it like you know i dream in animation mm. <laughs> which is so bizarre but probably this half-formed notion in my head of him freaking out and wanting to be put in as a pilot weird but in like with the technicians and stuff and so like like enough so that when it got to that scene is like wait wasn't isn't kensuke supposed to be there is he not oh that's fun there and will was like no <laughs> that, that was not a that is not a real scene in it'd the be show. really funny if you got to that point in the manga and it was in the manga oh my god <laughs> that would be really good if you're like wait i dreamed something that wasn't even published yeah, yet <laughs> such, i mean or just you know one day i i come back to the the berenstein bears universe yeah, or whatever yeah. where he just is in there and it's like wait a minute like, yeah the, 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 we just like flip-flop what i remembered we, like, yeah i yeah. went through a little loop i mean you know that shit's probably real i, um, so, I always knew it was the berenstein bears yeah you that's, Sorry, that's, that's yeah that's the that's the the for everybody i can fucking read no it's it's yeah you fucked up the whole because that the day that 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 thing sort of was spreading like wildfire on the internet I was like, holy shit, oh my God, because I was totally in the camp that didn't, and I showed it to you, and you were like, no, it was always that. I, I remember correcting people and saying, I was like, fuck you, man. Like, I don't operate was... on my assumptions. I find out for myself. And you, but you, and what's this, Kazam? What's the movie? The, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, the, that, that the was, genie movie? That's the funniest because, like, we both were like, yeah, that's not a movie. Like, we remember, like, those shitty things, and Shaq hasn't been in that many movies anyway. It's like, uh-huh. or is it Shaq or is they it? They thought, like, people think it's a, it was a movie called Shazam, right? Is, is that. It? I can't. God, now I can't remember. Oh, they think it's a Sinbad movie. Yeah, I see. But Shaq was in a movie, right? Where he was a genie, and it was. Sinbad. And they think it's a Sinbad movie called Shazam, yeah. not a. 
another Shaq movie called Kazam. Yeah, which, you know, could, I mean, they, uh, yeah, whatever. You can fill in a joke there. Um, <laughs> but but um, making fun of the people that wouldn't be able to make the distinction between Shaq and Sinbad was the joke. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so anyways, uh, we backing back to the episode, we have, yeah, this sort of mirrored goodbye thing. And he's going to leave, and then the angel shows up. And yeah. it's the toppest angel we've ever fucking seen. I gotta say, I so, so to correct me here, and I think we've talked about this in early episodes. It, it's I know that it's a trope of like Godzilla movies and stuff like that. That when the thing shows up, the first thing is the military just fires on it. <laughs> right? Has that ever helped? Um, sometimes, and not on its own. It can only ever buy time for the for the better thing yeah. to do anything. It's just like watching. You can it, slow it down or like redirect him, perhaps. It just watching know? it this time, I was just like, man, like. I mean, obviously, the military-industrial complex. Yeah, well, but it's like, but it made me think of, like, the way that the American military-industrial complex works, where it's like, well, we have to justify the fact that we built all these missiles by firing them periodically at people that we don't really... It's like, like, they're just just justifying the budget here. They're just blowing a bunch of stuff because somebody... Some real Tony Stark shit going on here. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's just like, oh, we're just wasting... Because, like, every time I see, you know, you see those rockets fire, like, oh, that's like a million dollars or something. (laughs) It's like, okay, sure, whatever. But, yeah, so they do do the perfunctory volley of, you know, fire on this thing. And it comes down... And this is the first time it's really clear if it... If it hasn't been before, the geofront geography becomes kind of important. Yes. In that there is Tokyo 3 up above this, you know, this in the real world, the atmosphere, the, the crust of the earth, mm-hmm. the outside of the world. Remember, the city is built upon a spherical space, mm-hmm. empty space, like a cavern, exposed cavern uh, under the ground. Mm-hmm. And this angel is able to just blast his way through and we see him come down from the surface, he blasts through like eighteen yeah. levels of armor or whatever, yeah, and then just comes down into the geo front. Yeah. So this is what 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 Romulo was trying to drill through, and it was mm-hmm. taking so long. This guy just boom. Yeah, because it took Romulo like two like two days or something. Yeah. right? it was like a long fucking time. And this is yeah, he just one big blast, and then he just Whoop. like floats just down into the thing, floats on it. And so they they're you know they're obviously a man down because Shinji's not there, and so and and Ava Unit Zero Zero doesn't have an arm still from the previous episode. So they they're like okay, try to put Ray in Unit One, and it does not work anymore. No, she can tell. Like as soon as she's in there, she's like, "It's not gonna work this time." Well, and and was it? Is it does Gendo say it or does Fuchs say it? He says it's rejecting me. Yeah, yeah it's Gendo rejecting says, me. Yes, specifically. Even though what we're watching is it's rejecting Ray as the pilot, but Gendo's assessment of what that means is it's rejecting me, which is very interesting. And I think somebody, maybe Ritsuko, uh backs that up because it won't take the dummy plug either. Yeah. They try to okay get Ray out of there, put the dummy plug in, and, and that won't work either. Yeah, and so, but in between so, there, hmm. we, we... Unit 1 really having a mind of its own here. Well, it seems like it doesn't agree with Genda's uh, actions. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we're still... Towards Shinji. We're, it goes to what we were talking about, about Shinji's identification with it and its personification in its own right, and I think that that's going to be a thing that gets brought up more, and it's, it's there's still stuff that I don't understand about it, but um, yes. Let the mystery be. Yeah, and that's, you know... So, so Asuka, so it's up to Asuka, yeah, who has got a working. lot to prove because she got her ass kicked last time by Bardiel mm-hmm. by the AV Unit Three thing. So she's got she's got John Wick style, like yeah. or like uh, 
uh, chai on fat in um <laughs> yeah better tomorrow or whatever yeah he hides plants. the guns in the potted plants one of my favorite bits in any John Woo movie by the way um which one is that that's I the, think it's better tomorrow better tomorrow because yes, better, better tomorrow is like kind of boring and that's like the one really awesome sequence in it in I mean memory. he's he's consistently awesome in it for yeah. sure um but that's yeah, but just like she's got all these guns set up like ready for her to just grab and go and lances and stuff yeah yeah she's just. So she's just going, going off on this I thing. can't lose again. Unloading says. two guns in one hand, Chai and Fat style, and just it's not doing anything. And, and so it unfurls <sighs> his papery arms. <laughs> Which are hilarious in, the, in their implementation. The way it moves uh, is so haphazard to looking. To like fold it. It's like, it looks like rolls of like a paper towel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's also sort of like the sleeves, like the the sleeves and like the Chinese like vampires and stuff. Like there's definitely a lot of uh, old kung yeah. fu movies where yeah. the, where the master can like shoot his sleeves really far. So it's, it it feels like that. It feels like. But they very... almost seem like it almost seems like a tape measure or something like that. Right. Like it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like metallic and sort of floppy in the way that like you could if you had a tape measure you could you know shake it on one end and it would do the wave thing. Which it is kind of has that quality. so crazy, but also so cool just because it isn't you know just get I get so tired of like American monster design where it's just like okay teeth and like whoa the knees bend backwards look at that yeah and everything was insects for a long time yeah it's, so it's like, so that we have this. This is so so alien. bizarre, but is it's ultimately just a cool offensive weapon that yeah, it slices off, it fucking slices off her head. That's that horrifying scene, and the armless unit too goes charging. Asuka's Ugh. screaming, and you see Misato be like, "Sever all the sync connections now," because we've seen what happens yeah. uh, if you don't. And so she does it just in time when uh, Unit Two's head gets lopped off and yeah. <laughs> falls into the shelter where Shinji is. Yeah, just sitting. gruesomely. And this is just worth pointing out that for whatever reason, Unit 2's blood is like purple. I don't know. What oh, yeah, that is. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, we talked so much about the, the blood and stuff in the other ones, but it's it's for whatever reason, that one's purple. And I don't know if that stays that way consistently. Well, whatever. I'm not going to say anything. But yeah. Well, the angels are always patterned blue, which I've been mm-hmm. meaning to talk about. Is a reference to a movie called Blue Christmas. Hmm. Where I think alien, I don't know there, that at all. there is people that. Uh, um, it's by that director we talked about before did like sort of doom okay. and stuff like that, but it's so apparently a really references. slow drama. Um, but like these aliens that have blue blood, but like, that's the only way you can tell. Mm, um, that's cool. And so people immediately start, you know, treating them differently because of it. Um, yeah, the, I'll read the IMDB thing sure, UFOs it. appear on earth. People who actually see them, oh, that's what it is. So UFOs appear, and the people who see them find that their blood turns blue, which leads to hysteria, and everybody starts, you know, persecuting the people who have the blue blood. That's cool. So that's that's why, yeah, just a little Anno huh. nerd because he's a big fan of that yeah. uh, director. So that's I gotta, why I, gotta say, pen, I really do blue. appreciate how many Kihachi Okamoto is the name of the director. There you go. Just like, how many references he 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 puts to other things. And I mean, it's part of it's because it's a different like culture, as we talked about before. That like it doesn't, it's not distracting. It, but it's just it's fun that that is like yeah. It's just like everything is there's some reference to. Well, I'll tell you where it is distracting, but still also fun. Is I started I texted you about watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, an anime that is just steeped in all sorts of references. Uh-huh. But the references are like typically like prog rock music and Stephen King yeah, novels. Yeah, I got yeah I gotta watch <laughs> like, this fucking thing. There's like a guy I don't I I have no idea what she'll make of it. It's very funny. That sounds great. Fun. Uh, we'll see what happens. But they're like drinking Cronenberg whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the end theme is. Uh, roundabout by yeah. yes which that's just yeah that sounds wonderful there's a character named robert eo speedwagon yeah <laughs> and, a, and a wise monk named ton petty 
it's like yeah every every little bit is yeah. just like yeah some sort of do is a, one of the vampires names really funny so it's a good time but much much more on the surface yeah yeah exactly exactly collection of references but you know i mean yeah anna's threading in all these weird things into you know a show that is ultimately very serious and it, it's it's fun to know that those because you just all those references just go straight past us if mm-hmm. we don't look into it for mm-hmm. the most part but Okay, so but the giant head of Unit Two yeah. inspires Shinji to get his ass back to be the pilot because whether he yeah. sort of likes it or not, that sort of is who he is, and he is the only one who can do it. So. Well, and he doesn't know that that it's it's failing to work without him. But either way, well, he, he just, feels. I mean, the, I think the giant head crashing through is indication that they're fucked. He yeah. Show yeah, yeah. Oh, he doesn't know that unit one's not working yeah, yeah, without yeah. him. But. but it doesn't matter because it's like, that's actually good that he doesn't know because it just means that he feels, you know, the sense of responsibility and, and, you know, and he's still like kind of on the fence, but he's at least heading that way. And Incredible in so, shots. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The shots of him standing, watching the layering of the shots. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the thing. And it happens a lot with uh, definitely American animation. Like the old Saturday morning cartoons we used to watch is there was no depth to anything. Mm hmm. Uh, and it happens with anime sometimes too, but you know, everything's on the, there's a background and then there's the, the background plane and then there's the characters that move, you know, Tom and Jerry yeah. running down the hallway yeah. and there's not yeah. a whole lot of depth and there's, you know, stuff where there's guys running in the foreground out of focus as they're mm-hmm. evacuating Then Shinji standing in front of a line of trees and behind the line of trees, you can see the decapitated yeah. armless torso of the bloody unit two with lasers firing behind that. Yeah. So the real sense of scope and scale and just sense of place that you really don't get. Well, and can in the camera, the camera language, because it is like, yes. I'm looking at it right now and I, I it, like it's, yeah, like Shinji's in like critical focus, and then the, the Ava's still more or less in focus. But it, it, I think this probably is more or less what a lens you would get from an actual shot mm-hmm. to some degree. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, so they're paying a lot of attention to how you know, as though it were being filmed, which is certainly not the case, like you're saying, with, with a lot of other animation. It just, just happens to be right beside Kaji's watermelon patch. Yeah, that's almost like a Wes Anderson joke. Like, it should just, <laughs> it should, like, pan over or something. But, like, so he's, yeah, he finds oh, hey. himself standing next to Kaji, who's watering his watermelons. And we think we've talked about this before, but the, the interesting relationship between these two in that, like, sometimes he can kind of get to Shinji in a way, a positive way that other people can't. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that, that Kaji is, like, a male role model that Shinji doesn't like exactly look up to. Like he kind of dismisses him a few times mm-hmm. in the thing as being sort of silly and sort of like, but at the same time, like he, so Kaji's he, the one he that has can a gentle touch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's because Kaji's maybe the person he doesn't want anything from. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't been terribly overt, but it's hard to, you know, the very first scene with Masada, she's like leaning over the table and it's like the awareness of her as a sexual being and, mm-hmm. you know, someone he could sexually desire is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him from the start, same thing with Ray and Asuka. He wants the approval and respect of his father. Mm-hmm. It's like so there's there's always this reason to kind of have to perform for those people. Yeah, and, and, to, and to complicate his responses. Right. But Kaji right. sort of slips, like, even right when he meets him, he he's sort of fascinated by him, be, I think yeah. because of that, because it's like, well, who's this guy that doesn't seem to have power over me and doesn't seem to really care about other people and, you know, not in, like, a negative way, but, like, he's he's cool in that way. He doesn't care. What, he seems to not care what people think yeah. in the way that Shinji very much does. And in this, like, in, in you know, I mean, Shinji's, you know, at a, at a sort of, critical point in his psychology here of like i made a decision but oh shit maybe my decision is a bad one i don't know what to do and he bumps into kaji who couldn't be more calm in the face of like right. world annihilating destruction potentially watering the thing his with plans. Him is, yeah the, like the kaji 
I, I wonder, like, the disparity of, sh- we talked about the Shinji in everyone else's heads, you know, it's the Shinji mm-hmm. in Asuka's head, the Shinji in Misato's so the Shinji in Gendo's head. Those are all very different. I think the Kaji in everybody's heads is probably a lot closer no, that's to, interesting. to being, you know, the same. Yeah, a he's, consensus. he's, he's like, a bit, I think we talked about this, he's like a self-actualized person, right. like, in the, in the way that most other people aren't. Because he carries himself with confidence and has a sense of identity, it's easy for other people to sort of recognize that identity instead of putting things onto him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shinji, everybody puts an assumption onto mm-hmm. him and so their the shinji in their head may or may not be accurate of course what's funny is that kaji is literally like a quadruple agent or whatever like like <laughs> the, 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 right. like his yeah. actual job yeah. is to be duplicitous yes and yet he, hmm. but that's what, like but he's good at it because it he's, something he's about completely like sincere confident people who project that and, <laughs> you know people who seem to have their shit together what they might actually be like inside right? it's yeah it's it's very uh it's well, duplicitous it's, it's interesting and it, it but i this scene it's almost it's, as if the true heroes the better people are the the weak ones <laughs> yeah. the insecure nerds like shinji yeah i mean i i think that has to be the, the, the case <laughs> i think uh but no, oh, I mean, Lord. you know, I aspire it's to being not... more like Kaji on some level. I, I sure. definitely like, you know, watching it this time, I, like I do remember kind of thinking of him the way Shinji thinks of him when he's negative. Like it's when I was younger watching it being like, because I think you made a joke. You <laughs> yeah, I remember we that... were we were all like sort of deciding who which characters represented people, and I think I gave you Kaji. Yeah, and, and I you think were you, not were, happy you were just about joking it. about it. I don't think there was anything really behind De- it. I was dead serious. But I, but I, at the time I was like, no, I mean, he's like, you know, he's like kind of silly, and he's like preoccupied. I with... always thought he was fucking cool. It was a compliment. Yeah, well, now I now I kind of see it as something to, yeah, to aspire to, especially in this scene because. He's he basically says to Shinji, he's like, look, you know, like all this shit's happening. He's like, I can't do anything about it. Right. He's like, you know, he I makes a joke about. He says, he says, uh, if, he said, between Masato's breasts would be nice, but other than that, I'd like to die here with my, you know, my plants. Right. And he's like, and he's like, I can't do anything. He's just he wants to die with melons. That's yeah, yeah, one way or the other. <laughs> bury me with my melons. Yeah, yeah. Whether whether a Freudian representation of <laughs> whatever, but he's he's. He's yeah. He's like, look, this is all I can do is, why, is water my plants. He's like, but you know, you can do more than that, so maybe you should. And in that really gentle way of encouraging, not right. commanding, not ordering, right. not it's, it's, criticizing. Yeah, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make yeah. him drink, kind of a thing. Yeah. And you know that that seems to be enough of a push for what Shinji already kind of wanted to do. And then of course he watches Ray fail to vanquish Ray. the uh, in a great but sort Ray of. Ray says something very alarming. When they yeah. warn her, she says, if I die, I can be replaced. Which, that opens some eyes. That's, well, goodness That raises gracious. some what eyebrows. Is, yeah, that's, that's... I don't know what that's, that's a big deal. all so, about. Unit 1 is rejecting or resisting Gendo. Mm-hmm. Ray says, if I die, I can be replaced. Um, In which we don't... Fucked up by the... We don't know if she is dead at this point uh i had to ask you i don't remember we do not see her again in this episode yeah so i mean as far as the the explosion because the n2 mine goes off yeah um and you see it oh it's it's split unit zero's head in two like side like uh like the like t1000 and uh, terminator it's like split down the middle god um so shinji's got to do something (laughs) yeah so he magically or you know he hurries his way yeah, he runs. He runs through the thing. This is some good animation of him running and all very the determined chaos. Just and so yeah, for anybody who like shits on Shinji as a character, like I don't know, all this stuff is so fascinating and he's, this, like this, his, the yeah. whole getting the robot meme and stuff. Like from the first two episodes, sure, but like that you have those first two episodes, so you can have this episode when he comes in 
and you're in the exact same position with yep. with Gendo up above in that window yep. looking down on him, and you know Shinji has run back. He's out of breath. Let me pilot Unit One. You know, Gendo sort of asks him, you know, who he is. We get the hand stuff. Oh hell yeah! That's always been the hesitant sort of hand. Now yeah. is twitching not out of hesitancy or nervousness, but like sort of determination. Yeah, clench the and fist. He clenches his fist and says, "I'm the pilot of says, no, Shinji Akari." I, I, yeah, I am the pilot of you. Can go. Yeah, I am Shinji Akari, pilot of yeah. Yeah, which is I'm fully confirmed. Proud of him at that moment, like I love it. He's 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 declaring himself and he's insisting. And uh, well, the title interjection is just sort of coming out of here in this sort of metaphorical way. Mm -hmm. It's going to become relevant in a literal way. But interjection is a psychoanalytic term that means to take in, and Mm. what it refers to is taking in attributes of another person and make it part of your own as a Mm. defense mechanism. So if you're, you know, you take in your mother's prohibitive aspects and that forms your super ego. So, Interesting. Right. It occurs in the world of the psyche. Um, I didn't know here that. Here is sort of literalized by we're going to see a unit one take in an S2 engine from the angel and ingest it. Which I want to um, ask about. And we're going to see, I guess we don't know exactly what happens, but the idea of taking someone in, we're going to see the fallout of what happens here in the next episode in a big way. Yeah, um, I, I guess I that. shouldn't explain what that no, is yeah, until we get there. But, but introduction wanna... leads us into the next episode. Oh, wait, I, wanna, I do want to talk about just how... But also taking on Gendo's attributes as yeah, a defense mechanism is like when when faced with a Gendo, you become a Gendo yourself. That's definitely that, introduction yeah, that's, large. That's, yeah, that's very like a very clear example of yeah, it, that yeah, he, yeah. he uses his father's... Gendo's an asshole, so to, yeah. Yeah, you have to... Like, you know, yes, that's my intention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it? That's the only thing he'll respond to. Yeah, so he's, he's there's a lot going on for Shinji in, in this episode, and, and it's climaxing here uh, in a second. And I, basically, because he's running to, to get into the thing, he's demanding that he be allowed to pilot it. We cut away from the scene without seeing what the result of that interaction with Gendo is, because Gendo's saying, you know, why are you here, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, I am, Shin- I am the pilot of Evangelion Unit 1, Shinji Akari. And then we cut into the like command center thing where Masato and everybody is, and, like, the fucking angel is there. And it's, like, like you know, basically, like, staring them down. It's, like, going to kill everybody. So cool. One of my favorite things is, you know, when you establish a space, and then, you know, it's, like, the first time, like, the, the vampires get in the library on mm-hmm, Buffy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, the the... the your safe space is under attack. Uh, and so like having the angel face burst through the wall and yeah. stare Misato down, like she's standing in front of the angel and it's looking right at her. And it's about it's to pretty fire at cool. Her. And then, you know, unit one and Shinji come well, well, bursting in. Wait, wait, before we do that, cause it, it, it's also the open exposed mind shaft thing down to central dogma. Oh, and yeah. one of the things that Kaji says is if it comes into contact with Adam, everybody's gone. Yes. He That's says that important. to Shinji. He says that will trigger third impact. And so yeah. I, get, I get, don't know if they've ever really no. made that clear before, but the angels have always been trying to, trying get, to yeah. get to Adam, even from Gagiel in the, um, when the episode where Asuka first shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's Adam was in the briefcase. Yep. You know, yep. like It's always yep. trying to get to them and trying to get down into here. Um, and so the idea is that they're trying, the angels are trying to apparently cause yeah. third impact and that's what they've been trying to stop this whole time is keep yes. all, all these layers of armor just to keep them away like these two it's like the gatekeeper and the key master and ghostbusters yes. yeah it's very much like that these two cannot get together well and it's weird because it's like for all of that two like ron said, silvers and time cop <laughs> yeah yeah cannot, <laughs> cannot be in the same space at the same time 
But like, but you know, for for Kaji to like close the loop on that particular plot thread in just a casual conversation with Shinji, like he's watering his plants. It's like it's pretty. It's interesting <laughs> that that's how that information finally comes out. Yeah. But and again, Kaji's not always the most. This reliable is the MacGuffin person. of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Misato's breast, By the watermelons. Way, Nineteen episodes in. <laughs> like, I'm right. gonna make it clear that's buried in all this other stuff. But so so yeah, so we're seeing the angel come in, and not only is it you know staring down, like you said, it's it, it invaded the sacred space that we've come to to you know, feel comfortable in and it's staring our favorite character down and they're all going to die. And then out of fucking nowhere, fucking, you know, showing up, yeah. bursting through the wall. And I just, I said it out loud to you when we were watching it a minute ago, but like, I love when Shinji displays how good he is at this. I know that the, the show's sort of ponderous qualities sometimes like, you know, in your, your frustration with Shinji, quote unquote, with everybody's bullshit, like you do sort of lose track of like just the idea that he is the best of the pilots. Like, Oscar mm-hmm. talks about being the best all the time, and obviously she's very good in ways that sometimes right. he isn't. But, like, he bursts through and just fucking kicks this thing's ass. And it's such a different thing than seeing somebody who's always fucking cool. Yeah. You know, like, that. The, the fact that he doesn't... He isn't arrogant about it most of the time, and it isn't, you know, a narrative where you you always know, sort of like, oh, yeah, you're reminded. Oh, fuck, yeah, he is really good at this. Like, there's yeah. a reason he's Shinji. Like, that's that's a different kind of exhilaration narratively than the payoff of just like, yeah, I expect, you know, I love John Wick, but it's like, yeah, of course, John Wick's going to come in and fuck everybody up. Mm-hmm. There's something really nice about uh, this kind of character but- that... It's always unexpected. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, every time it's like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. And you see, and you've seen all the other characters just completely fail, but Shinji just in like, yeah, I mean, he bursts through, he throws the thing against the wall, he's screaming, it's like he is going berserk. The thing blasts his arm off. You see the the Evangelion <laughs> arm just hit the, the wall. Blood Gendo just standing, splatters yeah. Gendo, who doesn't even blink. <laughs> he just gets splattered with blood. And this, oh, okay, and this, my favorite bit. This here. is a great. This is a great example of the type of shit that you talk about in action yes. scenes all the time, of of incorporating the use of space and incorporating an element of the sort of function of the universe that we've seen used in a very basic way all the time. The yep. sort of things that the these these the riser things that launch the the Ava's out of the you know tunnel thing up to the surface, he smashes the thing into it and yells Ms. Masato now, and she hits the button to shoot the thing up so oh. he can. So he bangs the angel against the thing and it scrapes its way up. Scraping oh, its face great. against the elevator as it launches up. Yeah, it's so so great. This this is not. I mean, because this series, um, I'm going to make a reference to the Star Wars prequels, which is typically like mm-hmm. like uh, super guilty of not doing what you were just talking about. <laughs> but I I do think of there is a part in Revenge oh. of the Sith when uh, Yoda fights. Palpatine in the Senate mm-hmm. and so like this this goofy Senate where we say oh look there's ETs in the Senate like the, of the room with like the flying saucers and, and mm-hmm. everybody flies up and they're in that space mm-hmm. and they're like throwing with the force the different pods at each other and it's like yeah here is the, the democracy here is their yeah their government and it is literally like falling down around them and we're occupying the space that's that was pretty once right that's pretty stately. cool and it's just pretty badass fight, and they're playing Duel of the Fates. Like, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Revenge of the Sith in a long time, like, there are moments where it does do what it should have done. I think I um, watched over Christmas, but I think I was but, drunk because I don't remember. But. <laughs> but that part is super cool, and it makes me think of that. Of like, yeah, yeah. we're occupying the space where it's normally. Oh, we're we're, you know, we're so removed from the mm-hmm, danger, mm-hmm. and yeah, the danger is quite literally here. And yeah, use, yeah, using it. Yeah, and then it, so they, so they get launched up to the surface. Shinji's that, got one and arm, and the, and the fact that Masato is helping. I also yeah. always love the shorthand of like that they these two have a, such a you know such a rapport that he can just you know yeah he, she knows what he's thinking and they're they're working like a well oiled team. Which Another of course, favorite thing okay. <laughs> here is her watching it. 
uh, is when Unit One tries to rip the face off of Zeruel, and you can well, see the but Unit One. But it's still Shinji. That's the other thing is that at this point he's behaving like the Berserk yeah, this is still Shinji, yeah. Unit One, but we're cutting into Shinji's face because it's like when we've seen that this kind of you know animalistic behavior previously, and about to see more of uh, to an extreme Ooh. degree. It, it, it's 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 always Shinji is it's not he's not in control of it right and this now because he which I guess is what you're talking about too he's becoming right. the aspects of Ava Unit One that he needs in order to protect himself and all of his mm. friends at this point so he's got one yeah, introduction arm. yeah the introduction of his yeah. berserk Shinji yeah That's and he's and it, but I mean he looks crazed I mean he also you know like his eyes he's, he looks more like Gendo honestly to some degree like like he's mm-hmm. got the sort of wild look in his face and he's trying to rip this thing's face off and it's horrifying but it's also awesome and this is like i don't like... know you probably haven't seen zeram or iria so. do you know the anime iria yeah it was I one of the know. first it was the very first anime i bought on dvd was iria which is the the anime spin-off of this movie called zeram which is a really cool crazy monster design which is sort of like this it has this big like sort of disc for a head mm-hmm. as a live action movie uh, and it has this tiny like looks like a like a geisha or something or like a mm-hmm. you know, like a porcelain doll's face sure. embedded in this okay. giant disc and it can that thing can shoot out and it's on like sort of a grotesque tentacle kind of like it this. Sounds like, it reminds me of like Parasite Eve as well. Is it yeah, yeah, Parasite Eve kind of a deal. Yeah, so it's got this like doll's like ceramic mm-hmm. looking doll's mm-hmm. face that has teeth that it can open its mouth, but then it then it shoots out and there's like fleshy gross stuff underneath it's kind of like a giant version of that which yeah which is another cool and it's design. yeah so there's pulling a face of this like this like fleshy extension of the like a neck sort of that he's but then but then <laughs> it's, the, it's clearly not supposed to do that like yeah. it's like, oh, like it's ripping horrific. a you know turtle out of its shell or something like Oof. it's very upsetting yeah that's an upsetting image in its own right so then but then you know worst well, timing watch, ever uh, the power it's like cannibal holocaust i Jesus. still haven't because you don't yeah, yeah, you don't need to see that but then the power dies, and so Shinji oh, is... And the music cuts off. Like, the music's, yeah. like, going full, and it just, like, stops. And, and it really hits that moment. And this is this is where I, again, like, we've seen it happen before where Shinji... I mean, literally, this is a mirror to the, you know, to some earlier episodes. Like, it's, like, Shinji... The geyser of blood. It, the power's out. Yeah, the, like, he's begging the thing to move, and it's not moving. Yeah, it's even, like, we haven't seen the cross explosions in a long time, mm-hmm. and the sound effects of the... Like, mm-hmm. it's... This is all very recall, calling to mind the first angel battle that we see in the show. Yeah, and but he can't... But it, but every unit one won't wake up the way it typically has to protect right. Shinji is kind of what the, you know, this sort of seeming function of it is is that like yeah the power goes out but the thing doesn't actually need power and Shinji knows that at this point he's begging it to move he says if you don't move now if you don't do it now everyone's gonna die and he's begging it and we get this interesting thing that they all seem surprised by and I think you'll probably have more to say about it where the the chest plate of Ava Unit 1 comes off and it reveals like a core yeah which is like what yeah I, I, I think I've been maybe incorrectly using s2 engine to i'm still confused about that. That because the avas don't have an s2 engine this is just a core which is similar to what the angels have because what's about to happen is the ava is going to go berserk yeah. and ingest an s2 engine into itself from the angel which i don't i don't want really to like know spoil anything but the you know if you have an s2 engine then you don't need the umbilical exactly. cable anymore and we, we talked about that before because when they were they were first talking about the s2 engine like, uh, several episodes ago i think I they were trying to 
put one onto Ava Unit Four, and that's why yeah. the U.S. headquarters disappeared. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 have within context a little bit of that information, but they all seem surprised at the the revealing of the core of the of the Ava. I don't know what that you know. I think just that you know that the Avas are more like angels than they've exactly. really ever allowed themselves to believe. And we're you know we're putting the pieces together. You know what kind of monster have we copied from? Reads like I was yeah, saying before. Yeah. The DNA to the angel is similar to humans. There's mm-hmm. this humanoid form of the Evangelion that we see, you know, really taking shape here when he mm-hmm. builds the new arm, and it just looks like a naked human arm, like mm-hmm. there. Uh, so the relationship between humans and angels and Avas is all okay. These are yeah. these are all much more closely related than we've seen, and we're ultimately going to build to. Oh, the bindings have broken off, and now we, you know, it's yeah. not it's not armor. It's always been bindings to help control the Ava and now that it's awake doesn't need the umbilical cable anymore it's out of its restraints and it's now something they can no longer control yeah that's and that's what we see happen here is that he begs he begs he begs finally we get that little like blue light flash that seems to be the consciousness awakening of the of the Ava and then Shinji is surprised did you see at the beginning of the show I believe that's how the credits yeah yeah don't you see that in the opening credits so yeah, its eyes come up. It suddenly now is like yeah, it rips off the arm of one of the. <laughs> I want to point out the just love the zero L like beating on the on the core of the Ava just oh. <laughs> through this little. It's got his little paper towel hands like up. It just ping, in these like little, ping, <laughs> little ping, mantis pincers ping. just repeatedly doing it. There's something about the methodical, and I know again it's like maybe just the animation saving manager, but the methodical the methodical nature of how it just keeps doing that there's something kind of upsetting about well, it I'd like, like how it's, it's just it's the it goes to the same as the not earlier malicious thing. it's just gonna keep doing this till it gets through when it doesn't and i like that its arms don't have full articulation like it can only do certain movements with it like it's violent and vicious and horrible when it's like stabbing through Oscar, but like it's it's sort of like a cat's tail or something like that like it doesn't like uh-huh. it doesn't it's not like a monkey's tail that can like pick things up or something it's only got certain uh, like mm. movement to it but that is the most precise it gets it's just this little tapping thing that is it's great and it's <laughs> it fucked up keeps it's going and it's yeah it's it's scary that it's yeah, it's burrowing into the into yeah. the core. But yeah, so so the the baby wakes up, it rips off the arm. Maya says that the sink rate is uh, <laughs> over four hundred over four hundred percent, which I don't even know how that it's mathematically classic would classic Evangelion read, math. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like well, this mission has a point zero 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 one chance of success. Yeah, four hundred percent. Oh, it's great. But so he, it, I mean, oh, he demolishes those arms. He sends them flying back. And just with just with like shreds. I guess like a like shooting an AT field out or something like it's like yeah it's like a telekinetic it just like slices through the AT field yeah. yeah and it and it crawls on all fours it grunts like a monkey its oh, eyes God. are wide open we can see its eyes like just his green eyes yeah underneath there and the, it's, yeah, it's just a human <laughs> arm like Rachel what the is fuck? twitching with its bony face all ruptured oh. yeah it's so good the, the 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 sound is great and the the posture is great and the the shots like when it Evangelion is feeding and it kind of looks up and looks around to like make oh. sure like it's it looks it? like it looks like when my cat gets it, like you know like I don't know if, if everybody's cats do this but like you know when your cat gets playful it likes to act like a wild animal and it like it kind of looks at you like like it wants you to see that it is acting tough like it I don't know if anybody's cats do this but I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and my cat's just like eating a bird and just, <laughs> just yeah. turn and stare at me with his glowing white eyes I don't 
I don't know if anybody else's cat does that, but I, oh, I hate it when mine does. <laughs> but you know, like like my cats will play, and when they play, they act like they're like gonna. Yeah, hurt for you. sure. And it's like that, like 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 my cat will it's like bite the other one and have animal. fur in its mouth and look at me like you know like yeah. oh look at me I'm still tough I'm not just this fat thing that you feed all the time. It's like this look of that of like it's it's a wild animal being intruded upon by yes, humans. Yes, intruded it's upon. Like, like you like, like you, <laughs> you shine your flashlight on a fucking pack of hyenas that tearing yeah. a carcass apart, and they like turn and look at you and it's like oh shit like yeah yeah you, you, you just hope it, it's not coming to you next yeah. you know and it's yeah but it's got this fucking human arm and it's you know they, everyone's talking about it, it's out of its bindings like this is it's it's finally free and it's like yeah it's consuming the s2 engine from the angel and now they can't control it anymore and like it's just i yeah what the fuck is going this is on such a big moment uh kaji says sele's not gonna stay quiet for this mm-hmm. and uh Fyutsuki, you know asked gendo so like this is how it starts now right and you know, again yes this has begun yeah and kaji speculates like he's sort of talking to himself he's like oh was this always part of your script gendo like it's mm. like you know this yeah i mean it so we definitely feel like this is the start of what everything has been building towards all along yeah and, uh, and, and, and gendo's sort of exciting. cold indifference to it a lot of the the, the process and in, in the lives of the people seemingly suggesting that this being the outcome he was he was looking for and that potentially you know like his manipulation of of shinji's emotions and you know and of the you know how much of this like did he kind of force to happen i don't know but it's 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 very interesting that that this disgusting display of animalistic rage <laughs> is apparently the goal yeah. um Maybe. and again how that all connects to the fact that it was quote-unquote rejecting him earlier i i don't mm. you know i mean we're gonna get to some of that well, yeah, I was building to this awakening, but uh, we're in the end game now. Yeah, so I mean, this is, Strange would say. this is episode nineteen, right? Yes. So it's episode yeah. twenty, which that's uh, fucking yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we've we've sort of com- we've been making commentary as we've been doing the sort of summary. Sometimes we tend to do both. I mean, is there other things to talk about in this episode in particular? I don't know. Um, not necessarily. Uh, I mean. Yeah, we've just kind of covered a lot of the plot stuff because there's so much plot stuff. Highlighted some of the mm-hmm. things that are kind of alarming uh, revelations that we'll we'll find out more about in the later episodes. Um, it's great. It's just I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys get it. I mean, if you've if you've just watched this episode or if you've already, yeah, if, if I imagine if you're listening to this like separate, like you've already seen the show and you're you're probably gonna want to go back and watch this episode again right now because of everything <laughs> we said because it is if you somehow like binge well, you also want to go to the next fucking episode because how can you leave on that like yeah. the, like this is the one that's most I'm trying to remember if this was the end of a disc it might be um, let me see I mean it's probably different episode count on the platinum box oh, sets yeah, and stuff but like. Oh, Man, yeah, no, there's one more after like, this. Like, what a fucking cliffhanger. This is always sort of the moment of the show when, you know, it really it felt like a big, mm-hmm. oh, God, you know, like, put the next one in immediately. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a good one. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there's other stuff to talk about. I can, I can read a little bit. I did find I referenced on an earlier episode these liner notes that Anno wrote. Yeah, do that. Those are funny. <laughs> you were doing that with uh, for, uh, for Studio Ghibli, and uh, I was like saying, well, he's kind of negative in some of these liner notes, and uh, I, I, I found it. So this was from a box set of all the Studio Ghibli movies, um, but it was released in 96, so I think like Mononoke had not uh-huh. come out yet. So this or, is... Yeah, yeah, I guess not. Specifically like earlier ones. Yeah, because Mononoke came out in 99 or 98. 
and I don't want to read the whole thing. I found it on uh, avageeks.org on the wiki and avageeks, which has yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. source of information. So I want to you know give credit where credit is due to. Um, I think it was, looks like it's translated by somebody named Mark Nidengard. Right. Um, Shout out Mark Nidengard. I, I shouldn't read the whole thing because it's kind of long. It's just funny. Um, I'll read a couple of paragraphs. Yeah, he's, he's pretty scathing uh, in a curmudgeonly on a way. But let's keep in mind that they do have a a great affection for each other. And you yeah. know, animators don't often like compliment each other, specifically like Miyazaki. And he's been complimentary of Anno in the past. And I think yeah, I mean, is... Miyazaki's not nice about almost anything. I mean, he's he's. <laughs> the, I mean, Miyazaki is the most curmudgeon really? I think of like anybody when you see like just his his dismissal. You know, what is like the, the, I think we've referenced it before, but there's that amazing clip of like those young animators like showing him some 3D animation technique mm-hmm. that's like a zombie moving with like some unnatural thing. And they're showing it like as a demo to see if like he, like Ghibli would want to use their technology or something. Uh-huh. And he's like, this is an insult. What you've done is an insult to like humanity or something. Oh, like Lord. he just like, tell, it's, you've never seen that clip? No. Oh my God, it's so fucking good. I'll, I'll, I need yeah. to watch the, yeah, there's, there's, there's that. I need to watch that documentary because yeah. I've seen, there's like little behind the scenes ones on the DVDs, but that's like a full one. But he's just, like yeah, on Netflix. a no, stone-faced, you know, chain-smoking, <laughs> just But apparently he really that. saved uh, Anno, and when yeah. Anno was spiraling, I, I'm not sure if it was, it might have even been when he had him come in to do Wind Rises, um, but, you know, he's helped pull him out of it. Yeah, I think, before. obviously, they're, they're, they they respect each other. So anything Anno's saying here is not meant to be like, a, this isn't like a feud or a beef or something, it's just a funny... And I just find friends. it interesting in how what Anno chooses to emphasize in his own work is almost mm-hmm. like a sort of a weird retaliation or a desire to fill in gaps that he sees yeah. in his mentor's work. But um, <laughs> I'll just read some of this. There are too many painful things for people to go on living in reality. <laughs> the most ano beginning thus humans run and hide in dreams they watch films as entertainment animation as a means to enjoy everything in a pure fake world is a realization of dreams and has become entrenched in film in short it is a thing where even coincidence are arranged and everything judged cinematically unnecessary can be excised the negative feelings of the real world are no exception if the director so desires even malice toward others could be introduced straight into film I guess that's one of the attractive things about anime. Changing the tribulation of reality into dreams and conveying that to the people. Is that what our work is? For the sake of people who forget reality until the bill comes due, who want to devote themselves to happy fallacies. I guess that's our job in the entertainment and service sector. One of the distinctive features of Studio Ghibli's works is that, even if there are obsessive actions, there are things which appear to have not forfeited their goal. Forfeiting one's goal leads to despair and is a sickness that can prove fatal. I wonder if Mia-san and his people are familiar with that feeling of despair. Perhaps they don't want to show that anguish to other people. I think they specifically want to display the negative... They don't want to display the negative things called self-loathing and complexes to others. That's why Studio Ghibli's works can't show anything but superficial happiness and a reproduction of reality with all the dirty things omitted. A fiction that imitates reality and nothing more than a single dream. I suppose that is the governance of entertainment, and I think that that is one of the reasons that Studio Ghibli's works are safely watchable, brand name creations it's a real backhanded compliment because it is i think it's <laughs> just love that this is for like a box set. like you yeah. bought this ghibli box set because you like this stuff yeah and it's just this condemnation of like your your consumption of this media but he goes on to say 
I have no intention of denying that. All of Studio Ghibli's works are top-level creations, but I can't help but feel something is missing. That is because, although the technique is there, I can no longer feel, quote, blood. The blood that is surely flowing within everyone. I wonder when that happened. Studio Ghibli's works have, for me, become things I don't possess the image of anime, uh, but rather of the so-called Japanese cinema. In other words, the Japanese movies that have now lost their energy. (laughs) That may be the reason that I feel that something is missing. (laughs) That's pretty funny. And then, you know, he talks about having gratitude for Miyazaki and stuff like that. But it's, it is interesting that it's like, these movies have no blood. And, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean literally, although it also does yeah. mean literally. Just, but that you know. that there's, you know, I want despair and complexes <laughs> shown well, to that's, me. That's, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I had, uh, we can't talk about certain parts of our own work, but I had a conversation recently in a, a work-related thing about, uh, the, the, there's a Cormac McCarthy quote about how, like, um, he can't read novels that, that don't have life or death stakes in them. Uh-huh. And I, I remember reading that quote when I was like kind of right out of film school and, and, you know, and I, and I still do appreciate like all kinds of, you know, novels and movies and, and, you know, like I took Cormac McCarthy or I now take Cormac McCarthy's statements. Like he's sort of talking about like, like certain English novels that are just like, you know, like Jane Austen type stuff. That's uh-huh. just sort of like, Oh, the problems of a day to day life of somebody in a thing. And he was, he was sort of saying, he's like, yeah, that's all fine. If people like that, he's like, I can't, engage on that level if it's not mm. d- deep in the depths of the thing and at the time I, I was like you know oh come on Cormac McCarthy quipping so goth like you know like there's there's <laughs> good entertainment that doesn't do that and while I still do think that there's good entertainment that does it I, I have found that in a lot of cases especially the work that you and I have done and, and, and the things that we you know tend to consume in the way that we consume Evangelion mm-hmm. that is a part of it I think that there's the, the sort mm. of desperation of uh uh the the narratives that contain the blood as he's you know the the the, the self-loathing and all the things <laughs> like that like that there's a vitality to that that does i mean obviously look like the television shows that it, the, the television show that it inspires the most as all dating app jokes will tell you the television show that inspires the most fervent love on a casual level for most people is like the office uh-huh. like you, well, you're, friends you're, is the other big one that yeah yeah that all everyone's dating app profile says i just want someone to watch the office with or whatever and like uh-huh. that's the thing but that's different from because the other thing that everyone talks about on a much more real level is game of thrones and like that's mm-hmm. the type of game of thrones being the show that as i refer to constantly on this podcast that epitomizes that for most western audiences that it's like oh, I want to show where, like, I don't want to experience things like that in my real life, but I want to be able to be there on the ground level. I want to touch the specter of death safely. And I think that that, that Anno, I mean, I got it. That'd be a great interview question. I'd love to watch Game of Thrones with Anno. That would be really fun. Hmm. I would be very curious. Yeah, I I don't know that he would necessarily be into it. No, I couldn't say. Probably not. Yeah, I don't. But I don't know. But it's like, but things like that, and I think that's what he's getting at, is that it's sort of like, you know, you, you... you want to be able to go there with it, but obviously he's pointing out. Well, that there's the, fact the blood and the violence there. and the threat of death, but beyond that, there's just the you know the, the fractured psyche and and that you know again he's not going to be satisfied with a typical anime harem comedy. It's sort of like yeah, well these people are all damaged. Like who mm-hmm. put themselves in this situation? Yeah. Anybody who behaves you know in this sort of tropey you know oh the bossy girl way it's like yeah it's because she's got all this shit going mm-hmm. on. He doesn't want to just have it be fun. He wants to, you know, sort of expose. Well, there's, there's so many things we consume, and it's just like, yeah, it's all, it's all fun. But if you dig beneath the surface, there's. Well, and it's it, it, sorry, I cut you off. No, it, it, I'm trailing off. Here. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I thought you were doing, but I realized I didn't ask first. But like, but that, like, yeah, I you think you need to make me look good and elegantly sw- yeah, swoop in. That this was is, what I was trying. This to is do. the uh, Asuka Shinji. Um, 
moment stepping on myself here but no but the, but it, it goes it, it, in a similar way that goes to the thing that i've praised a bunch of times in the show and that this episode has a little taste of that the the he's never seemingly never comfortable leaving process out of the yes. reality and so yeah. like seeing the cleanup of the of the destroyed uh unit three <laughs> is is a, because it's like you know every godzilla movie there's like citywide destruction and some big monsters like laid to waste in the thing or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like well, somebody's got to clean that shit up and yeah. like he does it repeatedly in this and it's like okay well those those robots are gonna you know where how do they get there oh there's these elevator things there's always going to be a sort of under the hood look at stuff and, and that whether takes that's, a toll on yeah. the individual mm-hmm. and he is definitely exploring on what is the toll on the individual of living in a society whatever that society might be yeah there's no there's, there's really i mean I, I made the joke earlier that shinji in in moments of crisis tends to be able to get to physical locations really fast right. he's the he's, only corner cutting that i can think of on the show. he's from <laughs> yeah, gotham say, yeah no yeah that's he's very dark night rises kind of like just pop up on the other side of the city real quick to say something to you and then disappear enigmatically like uh, but it, 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 it that's literally if i mean i honestly i love the nolan batman movies i don't want I, to I do too but I, I but it is a funny component yes, of Sure. But it, it, like, I mean, there's maybe if I say this now, they, they, that's probably not the only corner cutting because there's a couple like we've talked about. They sort of fudge some of the science at different points. But like in general, it is he's trying to leave no stone unturned in terms of like, OK, you're presenting something on a genre level expectation or just a basic entertainment level. But I'm also going to show you the other side of that. You know, you, you can't be this person without having this Which is different from thing. being like mercilessly grounded and joyless. Like obviously, you know, it rips off that that floppy arm. And we just watch it like just turn mm-hmm. into it. Like it, it isn't. There was definitely a trend in recent blockbuster movies, and you know, in part because of stuff like The Dark Knight, yep. to like make everything feel super real. And the second it didn't feel real, it was like, oh, plot holes. And there's a whole generation of people whose consumption of media is to be a plot hole police and to yeah. somehow get one over on on art by finding some kind of fallacy or something that you mm-hmm. can point out that it did wrong or to guess where it's going and to just somehow dominate yeah. a work of creativity instead of operating with it, but you know, to, to somehow dominate and control it and exert power over it. This isn't in that way of like becoming super grounded and like, you know, it's, it's fucking insane and it's not the real world at all, no. but it has its own inherent reality to it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, everything yeah. you said is true, and there's always you know the process and like the reality of this of the situation weights to all the physics and all that stuff that we always talk about. But that's that's slightly different from you know what I'm saying yeah, like that, yeah. that, that weird trend that kind of sucked well, the, to suck the joy out of everything. Like this is still fanciful as hell. Well, and that's I think that what's funny is is that the, the giant purple <laughs> robot <laughs> primary colored. Yeah, I mean it's because it's yeah you're 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 living in the balance of how absurd it is and maybe it's you know like if if the nolan movies ever come close to to toppling themselves it's it's because the insistence on reality sometimes doesn't jive with the guy wearing a bat costume running around every once in a while there's a moment where you're sort of like well this is what and it's like with this i think maybe because it's so foregrounded that these ridiculous giant monsters and these ridiculous giant robots are doing all this stuff so it's like you you're automatically in that sort of fantasy world and what i think like if i was to encourage because if you know, and it's emotional reality too, emotional oh, yeah. psychological reality to this situation is more important than yes. And I think that that's you know reality. the people who like it. I think it, it, this is just intrinsic to the thing. I mean, it just people people just consume this and and maybe don't always stop to break it down. But I, I would say, in my attempt to be generous to people that are different from us, uh, uh, the you know, plot hole guys out there in the world that 
your same attention to detail that you use to, you know, like you said, dominate the, the works of art that you claim to like in a show like Evangelion. I mean, I haven't yet seen anyone, and again, we'll do it. But on a future episode, because we're already running long, in a future episode, we'll do like a check Twitter and see what people say thing. And I'll just, you know, check, read things and see if there are people who've done this. But I would say that if you have that attitude about art, I think you can use your same skills uh, mentally, because it is, a, you know, these aren't stupid people. You're, you're, these are people that are applying their intellect to try to sort through things, but in right. a, you're saying in a negative way. You could use that same skill set to appreciate all the shit that we're doing when we talk about the detail in this show, because I think that like you, if you really want to pour over details and pour over how, like you said, the last, on the last episode, the costumes and stuff like pour over the details of the background information yeah. that's speckled in. No, I feel it's bad. Really and, fun. You know, it's really fun. It's, it's, it sounds like a shitty mm-hmm. thing to say. And it's, you know, it's because it's my background, but anyone can do it. And you just need to find the right, you know, corners of the internet to do it. You know, it's not like you have to go to university to be able to do these things, but I, I will say like literary analysis is so much more valuable than fan theories. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing. It kind of is. Where it's just like, yeah, you look at all the clues, you look at what the thing is giving you, and you try to assign meaning to it. One just doesn't have to be right. One you you own completely. You can sort of be mm-hmm. like, what does this mean to me that she's wearing this shirt? Well, I think I found a pattern. I'm recognizing patterns. I'm recognizing intention. You can claim whatever intention you want for the author, if it, you know, and give it your own personal meaning when it when it becomes to you know metaphors and reads and stuff like that. When it comes to I, this is who Ray's parents is, are, or, or it's wrong. This yeah. is what Snoke is going to be revealed to be, or it doesn't work. Or mm-hmm. this is, you know, what the Dharma Initiative was up to, or oh, fuck, then I wasted eight years of my life. <laughs> if you can just be like, okay, but what does it, you know, the 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 character of John Locke and his arc on Lost, what does that mean to you, devoid of w- mechanically where the mm-hmm. the ending ended up of the show, but what? metaphorically you know that's why something like the leftovers is so valuable to me is because it's a show that really eschews you know and and defies your desire to to give a a literal read and it it, you the only read you can possibly give that show yeah is more of a literary analytical type of read well what does it mean to me yeah and so i just i think those things are so closely associated and one is endless world of wonders and you can apply to all works analyze the literary aspects of it and, and i don't mean that in any highfalutin way it's no, just like no. just look at the patterns pick up the clues build a meaning it doesn't have to be plot related yeah plot specific and be a binary yes no well that's uh, no and I, I i yeah and i completely appreciate your rant and i i'll, I'll make reference to something <laughs> to something that i i'll be vague about because we're not in the process we're not in the business of spoiling other media on our podcast about this this show but I was talking to Kevin last night about Midsummer, Midsummer the, the new Ari uh-huh. Aster film, and I quoted um, your uh, uh, suggested read of that oh, movie sure. to him, and it completely blew his mind, and he completely loved that and thought it was amazing. And it's like, but again, it was exactly we were talking about why it's so good, and I love that the audience just has no idea what we're talking about, but like, because it's like it's not a a this is what it actually means. It's a it works on this level also. And I think that like, right. Because I mean, because you had the background of actually studying literature, like you, you get, you get to allow yourself that thing. But I think what you're getting right. at. And I, and I fully realize that. Yeah. I, I get to go there first because it's what I chose to, to, you know, spend four years in doing. So I don't mean it to sound like, well, anybody could just do that, but, but you can, and you do it all the time when you consume media, you are, yeah. 
I think thinking. it's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting yeah. at is that is that in in, in, no in my attempt to like cross the bridge here or bridge the gap or whatever with with the people of that attitude is to say that like look I respect your intellect I I have a similar into I mean the people that love that shit are also into conspiracy theories which is kind of a not cool thing to be into these days <laughs> but I used to be really into them too and and it's like I have the brain that does that organizational task that that yeah, people are yeah. getting into but I think that you can apply that brain to a different way of doing that that is like you're saying more rewarding unless has right. less to do with sinking each ship that you think is yours like you i like oh no now i found all the holes uh fuck exactly it's exactly it's like instead apply it to an appreciation of the nuance and detail and use it to collect things that you know make you happy about something and look at all the things but i mean i remember being in high school and studying like i remember having to read like a literary criticism of shakespeare and reading like a freudian read on like Macbeth uh-huh, or something like that uh-huh. and at the time I was pissed off because I was like, okay, like, I mean, not that I was thought I was being smarter than anybody. It was like, oh yeah, Freud didn't even, you know, like these, these two things have nothing to do with each other. Right. And yet in the, you're going to apply. And then it's like, but only then later did I realize that like, no, that's just, that's just a way to look at it. And I think that the Freudian literary analysis stuff and that's gets, what a, gets a little tropey, alive, still, yeah. but, but that is, that's the fun of it. And I think that like, yeah, yeah you could do a postmodern read of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. which is like predates postmodernism, but it's fun. And that's the value of art as you can sort yeah. of look at it from today's perspective. Like what, is, what, eval- what have Evangelion means to Americans in 2019 is very different than what it meant to Japanese kids in 1995, you know. And that's Um, what we're constantly sort of, I guess, in some ways that might, you know, function as as a secondary thesis for this podcast is that it's like, let's try to look at it from every angle we possibly can because we recognize that you and I have a limited scope and we're not experts. We don't claim to be, we're just appreciators and enthusiasts and we're nerds on a certain level that allows for our attention span to work this way. But it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, let's, let's try to break this thing down. Waiting for death. Yeah. You know, all of of life is novelty and uh, third impact hits, you know, that's, it's fine. But I think that that is the goal here is to, is to, you know, we're sometimes we're scattershot. I mean, we don't, this is unscripted. I mean, you do research ahead of time sometimes and we each think about things and talk about things, but we could, we get on the mic here and just riff because this show is rich with a ton of shit. And if we spot something that's worth talking about, we talk about it and it's finding entertainment that it can, can be this compelling is really valuable if you like things. If you want to like things, <laughs> finding things that you can be this obsessive sure. over in a way that doesn't mean that if they make one false move, you're going to, you know, flip the table. It's like, no, I mean, I think it's, it's fun to just, you know, I mean, in better, lesser terms, geek out. It's fun to do that and not make it an aggressive or dominating thing and just appreciate what it is. And, uh, but, but Misato's best girl. So, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) No argument Um, argument for me. No, before we leave, uh, grumpy Anno behind. Yeah. yeah, Go back to enjoying the, I guess there is a com is an audio commentary on Nausicaa oh, on a yeah, Japanese God. Blu-ray that he comments on and is sort of again just uh, affectionately cantankerous about oh, sounds great who he calls the old geezer which is Miyazaki so good. and he tells this story about how um, Miyazaki borrowed his his Walkman his like headset mm-hmm. and kept playing the same songs over and over which sounds familiar yeah maybe that's where he got the idea for shinji to be doing that 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 he didn't give it back until until it broke (laughs) and the tape was all in there and he's like oh well broke so i'm giving it back to you (laughs) 
I thought that was a fun anecdote in that Anna summed it up by saying that he's you know just a mean old man. But it, like in the commentary, he like you know it's constantly questioning like why did he make this directorial decision? Like what? <laughs> but apparently he always whenever the little squirrel character, the Teto, shows the up, best character. he he pauses to talk about how cute it is. <laughs> so. It was as as do as I think you and I've talked about that at length. So I'm happy to hear he appreciates that character as much as I. Yeah, do. I just think it's funny, and he's like points out like when a character in the background's not moving, like oh he's not moving at all, which is like the worst thing you can do to an. <laughs> animator so yeah i found a little article on this uh online it's uh, something called sora news 24 but um i think it's just fun would love to love to hear a translation of this commentary of ano just going ben affleck on uh (laughs) nausicaa which which to attribute that reference if you don't know uh go on youtube and just search ben affleck armageddon commentary uh, there's a couple choice clips from that. Apparently, I bought. I actually sought out the Criterion <laughs> edition of Armageddon just to get the full oh, thing funny. of it because yeah, it was I it was it. part of the yeah the original Criterion release of Armageddon and um, I purchased that unironically. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It was the first. <laughs> it might be the only. No, I must have some other Criterion. Collection. At this point, you definitely do, but I don't know what. But For the that, longest time, that was the only one I had. Well, it was one of the original ones too. So I mean, it's you know that you were cool before it was cool. But yeah, if you but Ben Affleck specifically his commentary, he, he might even be drunk. Honestly, we're talking. I think, but he he's making fun of the plot. I mean, he he gets he's a plot hole guy in that, which but in the best way, where he's just making fun of how the the very conceit of the film. Yeah, and that he apparently on set said something about it to Michael Bay, and Michael Bay's response was "Shut up, shut the fuck up." <laughs> like, it's, time. it's really good. So we've gone, we've gone long. We've ranted and raved here, but That's uh, okay. this episode, I think we kind of needed to let the air out a little bit at the end, like because it is just such a such a dire experience watching it. But yes. it's fucking great. Thank you guys for listening. We're gonna be deep in this shit uh, for the yeah. here on in. And don't so. forget to yeah reach out if you have questions and please comments, and Anything. we can incorporate that into the show yeah. as we're. Getting, you know, the last few episodes, we're going to try and do the rebuild movies and stuff, too. So mm-hmm. we'll still be here for a little while. But, yeah, we're we're fast approaching the end of the series. So yeah, it's, it's, already it's here, been a wild so. ride. And it will continue to be with episode 20. Can't wait. Weaving a story oral stage, I think. Yep, I believe that's the, uh, oh God. That's the episode. <laughs> well, all right. all right, till next time.